part two of the racist passages in Mormon scripture. Next on Polygamy, what love is this? There are several ways that we can connect Mormon Mormonism's racist history with our topic of polygamy. For example, the Mormon polygamists believe in and teach the same scriptures as the LDS Church does, and the early Mormons instructed their men to go take polygamous wives of the Native Americans so they could become white and delightsome. <laughs> and I will not repeat some of the awful racist teachings that I was subject, subjected to growing up in the Kingston polygamy group. We received responses from viewers who expressed shock at what they learned about the foundational beliefs of Mormonism, and as mentioned in the last one, part one of this, racism and polygamy uh, tops the list. Yeah. Last time, we quoted several racist passages from the current Book of Mormon, and now we want to look into racist scriptures that are still in today's LDS scripture, the Pearl of Great Price. We begin with Moses 7, verse 8. There was a blackness came upon all the children of Canaan that they were despised among all people. You know, in my research, Canaanites were Caucasian. Oh, really? In reality? In, 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 in reality, yeah. Okay. They, they weren't blackness like yeah. Mormon scripture has them as being. Hmm. Moses chapter 7 verse 22 says, And they were a mixture of all the seed of Adam, save it was the seed of Cain. For the seed of Cain were black and had not place among them. And from Abraham 1, 24, 26 through 27, From Ham sprang that race which preserved the curse in the land. Now the first government of Egypt was established by Pharaoh, the eldest son of Egyptus, the daughter of Ham. Noah, his father, who blessed him with the blessings of the earth, but cursed him as pertaining to the priesthood. Now Pharaoh, being of the lineage by which he could not have the right of priesthood. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we go on in this particular one, how this is historically inaccurate. Right. Uh, there's no evidence for this at all as being true. Biblical historical data that I have found to back this up. It's just a myth devised by prejudiced religion. The, the Bible actually testifies against such nonsense. First, the Bible nowhere says that the mark given to Cain was black skin. No, from Genesis 4.15 we read, But the Lord said to him, Not so, if anyone kills Cain, he will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. Now notice the mark was for protection. Right. It was a protective mark, whatever it was. The Bible is silent about it, and we cannot uh, create doctrine out of the Bible's silence. And and second second uh, reason that this is incorrect is Cain's line was destroyed in Noah's flood. Only Noah, his wife, and his three sons and their wives survived the flood. There's no evidence of a lady named Egyptus who married Ham and preserved Cain's lineage. And third, the Hebrew word translated Egypt is Mizraim, and Mizraim was Noah's grandson, not his son born uh, <laughs> before the flood. And so if Egypt and Mizraim have any connection, it would be after the flood, not before. Because Egypt wasn't even there, <laughs> right? <laughs> so the line of Cain was completely and totally destroyed in the flood of Noah. 
None of Cain's line survived, and the Mormon statement that Noah's son Ham married a woman from Cain's line has no historical biblical evidence at all. They just made it up. <laughs> Progressive revelation is Mormonism's excuse for changing doctrine, but God doesn't give false progressive revelation. And here is an interesting point. One of the signs of the curse was that God told Adam that by the sweat of his brow, he would produce food for his family. Sweat instead of black skin is one of the signs of the curse, and we all sweat. <laughs> the foundation of Mormonism includes polygamy, racism, and lying for the Lord. One thing that doesn't change with them is that they are always changing. The Mormon fundamentalists, however, continue with the original teachings of Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, and the other early Mormon polygamous and racist leaders. Recently, we saw Mitt Romney march with Black Lives Matter, and one comment was, I quote, How could he do that without ever owning his own church's not-so-recent racist ideas, not even bothering to renounce what they believe? End quote. And they must still believe it because, as we showed in part one, there are so many passages in their scriptures cursing people with dark skin. If their leadership would just come out and own it and apologize for it and renounce it, it would show some integrity. But right along with polygamy, they whitewash it, refuse to own it, and their scriptures teach what they say they don't believe. Official statements deny they ever taught racism, and they don't know how or why it originated. So we're going to help their memories by quoting their own leaders, their teachers, priests, prophets, preachers, seers, revelators, and presidents, and what they taught about it. Then they will know where it originated. We'll begin with Joseph with Smith. Joseph Smith, <laughs> History of the Church, Volume 4, page 501. Had I anything to do with the Negro, I would confine them by strict law to their own species and put them on a national equalization. He preached that blacks were the offspring of Cain. That's in the history of the church, page 501. And in the evening, he debated to show that the Indians have greater cause to complain of the treatment of the whites than the Negroes or sons of Cain. Hmm. So here we have the, the, the blacks are the sons of Cain, Cain going right back Cain. to that false idea that it was a curse from God. He clearly refers to them as sons of Cain. Brigham Young also did. He was the second prophet of this church. Yeah, from the Journal of Discourses. Shall I tell you the law of God in re regard to the African race? If the white man who belongs to the chosen seed mixes his blood with the seed of Cain, the penalty under the law of God is death on the spot. This will always be so. No folklore here, is <laughs> no, there? No, I don't. There's no no area of or, uh, room for discussion. No there. gray area. That's no. right. He said it was a God's law, and it would always be so. What does the word always mean? John Taylor, the third, third president. president and prophet taught that the Negro race was a representation of the devil on the earth. That's awful. That is bad. And after the flood, we are told that the curse that had been pronounced upon Cain was continued through Ham's wife, as he had married a wife of that seed. And why did it pass through the flood? Because it was necessary that the devil should have a representation upon the earth as well as God. This is so bad. <laughs> 
And it was pure, original, genuine Mormon racism, and polygamists still believe it, and their scriptures still contain it. Yeah. Wilford Woodruff, the fourth president and prophet well, of the you, church. You've got them all here. <laughs> said this. From his journal, and if any man mingle his seed with the seed of Cain, the only way he could get rid of it or have salvation would be to come forward and have his head cut off, spill his blood upon the ground. It would also take the life of his children. Is that Can terrible? you believe? It is terrible. It's awful. And, and oh my, my question goodness. is, as I'm reading through some of these quotes, where is grace oh and mercy and kindness and compassion in early Mormon leadership and teaching? Instead, they seem to be very angry and vindictive and yeah. cruel and controlling and unforgiving. My goodness, yeah. killing the parents and the kids. And that attitude was reflected in their temple rituals yeah. when, for years when they, when they vowed to violently avenge the blood of their dead prophets. So far, we've quoted from the very lips of the prophets and presidents proving that it was not folklore, but was doctrine. In, uh, so is this my question? Is this a case of the false prophets leading the people astray? Sure Which sounds like it. They promised they yeah. would never do. Yeah, that's true. Their racism was taught in conferences, which also validates that it's official, we quote. Yeah, this is from an apostle, George F. Richards. The Negro is an unfortunate man. <clears throat> he has been given a black skin, but that is as nothing compared with that greater handicap that he is not permitted to receive the priesthood and the ordinances of the temple necessary to prepare men and women to enter into and enjoy a fullness of glory in the celestial kingdom. Again, that's just really bad the way they put this together. And that's the official LDS church um, conference and this next one right. is from the official LDS yeah. church publication the juvenile juvenile destructor. destructor their skin is quite black their hair woolly and black their intelligence stunted mm. and they appear never to have arisen from the most savage state of barbarism now this was an official church publication yeah and another one from the times and seasons the descendants of Ham, besides a black skin which has ever been a curse that has followed an apostate of the holy priesthood, as well as a black heart, mm -hmm. and the abolitionists are trying to make void the curse of God, but it will require more power than man possesses to counteract the decrees of eternal wisdom. So it's all, they're claiming here, it's all from God. And notice that they said that uh, to change this teaching takes more power than man possesses, but man did it because God doesn't change and Mormonism does. <laughs> Actually, it never should have been there to start with. The Pearl of Great Price is a standard work accepted as official doctrine, and it teaches that the curse of Cain is the black race. The first chapter of the book of Abraham clearly explains the curse of Ham. It teaches that all Egyptians are descended from Ham and that anyone with even a single drop of the blood of Ham was one of the cursed race and no descendant could ever hold their priesthood. Ironically, most Mormons are told that they're descended from the tribe of the, an Israel tribe yeah. and Ephraim. Ephraim. It seems to be the main tribe they're descended right. from. Manasseh is also chosen sometimes. And they were Joseph's two sons. This is the Joseph that was sold into Egypt in, in the book of Genesis. Now, this Joseph who was sold into Egypt was married to an Egyptian woman. We quote from the passage in Genesis. 
Yep, chapter 41. Pharaoh gave Joseph Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, to be his wife. Hope I'm saying those right. Before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Asenath, daughter of Potipharah, priest of On. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh, the second son he named Ephraim. So there's two sons of Joseph, sons of an Egyptian woman, the daughter of a priest of the Egyptian culture. Now, as we pointed out in the past, in Joseph Smith's own arrogance and biblical illiteracy, he (laughs) disqualified himself from holding any priesthood because he claimed he was from the tribe of Ephraim. And every other Mormon that's been blessed and and declared from a tribe of Ephraim, and usually it's a priesthood blessing that's given to him. Yes, a patriarchal blessing. Declares, and that's what I was. was Are you from from the the tribe tribe of Ephraim? Ephraim. Oh, see, there you go. So, and and that, you're from, from this tribe, they say, is cursed. That's right. One drop. Remember, we read one yeah. drop of blood from the Egyptian. Disqualifying Disqualifies. Ephraim having priesthood. That's right. Probably. Ephraim's mother was an Egyptian, and the book of Abraham cursed all those even with one drop of black blood, which includes Egyptians. Therefore, Joseph Smith was disqualified by his own racist doctrine. <laughs> read it. You can read it for yourself. You go to the book of Abraham, chapter 1, verse 37, or 27. In 1947, the LDS issued an official racist statement signed by all three members of their quorum. It said this. (laughs) Yeah, 1947. (laughs) From the days of the prophet Joseph Smith, even until now, it has been the doctrine of the church, never questioned by church leaders, that the Negroes are not entitled to the full blessings of the gospel. Now, did you see that? They are saying it has been a doctrine of the church. Ever since the beginning. How, how fantastic it would have been had the church come out as it should have to say God, in God's eyes, everyone is, is equal. And they had taken that approach instead yeah, of yeah. this divisive... Uh, Claiming racist, it was folklore. Yeah, racist it's attitude. Folklore. Yeah. Okay, that was 1947. In 1949, <laughs> the LDS First Presidency issued this statement. They were really hitting it, weren't they? <laughs> the attitude of the church with references to Negroes remains as it has always stood. It is not a matter of the declaration of a policy, but of direct commandment from the Lord on which is founded the doctrine of the church from the days of its organization to the effect that Negroes may become members of the church, but that they are not entitled to the priesthood at the present time. Okay, there you go. go. (laughs) They say it's a commandment from God. But God's not a racist. He created and loves us all. The fact is there's only one race, and it's called the human race. And in Acts 17, 26, it says, And God hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all all the face of the earth. One blood. One blood. There you go. We're all from Adam. And within Adam's own DNA or his own genetics is the possibility of all the different... I guess. uh, Races. Races or genetic um, differences. Yeah. Various kinds that uh, have... All all from the same same father, Adam. Yeah. Yeah. 
And we're all equal in God's eyes, too. And that's nonsense, too. I, I don't know why I would be, ever be a black and join the, be part of the Mormon, oh, part no. of Mormonism. And no. yet today, their blacks will... Well, and, and they're doing such work in Africa, too. Mm -hmm. and, and I think part of it is that those people don't have access or aren't paying attention to these scriptures and these comments made by the church leaders. I wonder how much of these scriptures they withhold from them. Well, certainly the quotes. We don't, you know, we don't they, know. They translate the Book of Mormon into their language. We don't know what they've said. What they've said. What, what they've, they've withheld. Or if there change. is any. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, the Bible tells us that God thinks differently than the Mormon church says that God thinks. And we have a few quotes yeah, this to that. this shows that there is no favoritism. Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. Romans 10.12, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. Romans 2.11, for God does not show favoritism. And in Acts 10, 34, 35, then Peter began to speak, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. Obviously, Lovely. like you said, Joseph Smith had a, an illiteracy about the Bible, he did. don't you think? Absolutely, he yeah. did. Yeah. And, and Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 has a verse I love. It's one of my favorite when we come into topics like this because it gives us a small glimpse into the throne room in heaven. And it explains that the blood of Jesus purchased men for God from every tribe, every language, every nation and every people. Mm. Now, what does the word every mean? Pretty inclusive. He, it is inclusive. He does, did not subject the blacks temporarily or otherwise uh, from, from approaching God. There's no historical racism in God's true kingdom. And when Joseph Smith and Brigham Young and John Taylor and all the other early racist Mormons and polygamists taught that God rejected the black race, it was and is a slander against God. They are lying about him. It was a folklore. It was Mormon doctrine, and it still is in their scriptures. Why don't they remove it? <laughs> Would removing it admit their book was wrong and couldn't be trusted? And that Joseph Smith was wrong? Yeah. Is that why they don't take it out? Their arguments explaining that Joseph Smith wasn't racist because he did ordain into their priesthood a black man by the name of Elijah Abel. But what they don't say is that the ordination was later rejected. We quote from a letter from Joseph Fielding Smith to Joseph H. Henderson, April 10th, 1963. It is true that elders of the church laid hands on a Negro and blessed him apparently with the priesthood, but they could not give that which the Lord had denied. It is true that Elijah Abel was so ordained. This was, however, before the matter had been submitted to the prophet Joseph Smith. It was afterwards that the prophet Joseph Smith declared that the Negro was not to be ordained. So who's telling what truth or what lie? Who, where's? I'd, I'd never heard this before. Oh. I knew that yeah. the black had been ordained. I didn't know that it had been yeah. rescinded. Later rejected, yeah. And, and most people don't. No. I don't think they do no, realize they that. They don't tell the whole truth. See, no. The truth isn't useful. It's not uplifting. <laughs>
The contemporary LDS church claims they support complete equality of races. And if that is true, why haven't they publicly renounced all the racist passages in their Mormon scriptures? Why don't they own it and renounce it, apologize for it, and remove it? And just like polygamy, they refuse to own the truth of it because it wouldn't be useful. If their racist doctrine was merely folklore, as they are trying to convince the world it was, why does folklore dictate religious practice? And why does Good it take point. a revelation from God to change folklore? That's even more <laughs> important. Yeah. We know that they lie about the truth. Now they're lying about their lies. Jesus Christ's name may be in their church, but Jesus Christ is not a liar, nor does he support liars. So if you're LDS or fundamentalist, what will you do with this information? Recently, um, MRM.org um, online posted some comments by Sharon Lindblom, who has great insight into many of these cultures' contradictions. The link is on the screen and is well worth reading. She brings our attention to the LDS Church's recently released second volume of its history. We quote, From Saints, No Unhallowed Hand, page 71, Many white saints wrongly viewed black people as inferior, believing that black skin was the result of God's curse on the biblical figures Cain and Ham. Some had even begun to teach the false idea that black skin was evidence of a person's unrighteous actions in the premortal life. Brigham Young shared some of these views. Now see, we have that change, that yeah. this ongoing change where they're lying about their lies. Now, officially, they said the LDS people wrongly viewed black people as inferior because of the false idea of unrighteousness in the premortal life. Now, yeah. you and I have talked about yeah, this before, yeah. but was it a false idea? I well, was taught that. It wasn't false in my mind. <laughs> were you taught that? Oh, absolutely. Yes, they were fence sitters. There was a third that didn't accept Jesus's plan and they were kicked out. They accepted Satan's plan. There was a third that did accept Jesus and then there were a bunch of fence sitters. And then they would them. choose whoever won the battle, right? Well, or at least they, they weren't, uh, they didn't go with Satan, but they, they really weren't valiant enough weren't to valiant. go with Jesus. Yeah. So they were fence sitters. Yeah. I always figured everybody that wasn't a Mormon was the... <laughs> was the ones that were fence That's sitters. what we were taught. Yeah, absolutely. That, well, no, we were taught that everyone who wasn't a, wasn't a male, well, polygamy, actually, yeah. were, um, and the blacks were all the fence sitters, and only the the people in the polygamy group, Joseph Smith's pure special. doctrine, yeah. were God's kingdom. That's what we were taught. We were taught it. But was it, I mean, is that just something people said? Or was it official Mormon teaching? That's the question here, because they are denying it. Well, let's quote Joseph Fielding Smith. Now, he was a president and a prophet. Prophet, seer, and revelator. And this is from Doctrines of Salvation, page 61. There is a reason why one man is born black while another is born white. The reason is that we once had an estate before we came here and were obedient, more or less, to the laws that were given us there. Those who were faithful in all things there received greater blessings here. And those who were not faithful received less. There you go. That sounds like that's what I believed. Now, now th that, and that's Joseph Fielding Smith. Now, they, all, they admitted that Brigham Young had these kinds of ideas. So let's quote what he said. 
okay from the jewel. Now, he's a prophet. We have to remember that. <laughs> of God. <laughs> right, right. right. So this is from a Journal of Discourses. You see some classes of the human family that are black, uncouth, uncomely, disagreeable, and low in their habits, wild, and seemingly deprived of nearly all the blessings of the intelligence that is generally bestowed upon mankind. The first man that committed the odious crime of killing one of his brethren will be cursed the longest of any one of the children of Adam. Cain slew his brother, Cain might have been killed, and that would have put a termination to that line of human beings. Well, that would have been terrible. This was not to be, and the Lord put a mark upon him, which is the flat nose and black skin. There you go. Now, this article is uh, from MRM.org, and it observes that Brigham Young never did repent from his racist teachings. And if you don't repent before you die, then you suffer for that return eternally. So Book of Mormon says. That's right. So, so the, his ideas about the inferiority of the blacks continued to be reflected in the teaches, teachings of many of the church leaders and members after Brigham Young. In fact, it wasn't until 2013 when they released their essay about the blacks that they took a stand against these ideas and called them for what they are. We quote. Again from Sharon. Today, the church disavows the theories advanced in the past that black skin is a sign of divine disfavor or curse, or that it reflects unrighteous actions in a premortal life, that mixed, marriage ra mixed race marriages are a sin, or that blacks or people of any other race or ethnicity are inferior in any way to anyone else. Church leaders today unequivocally condemn all racism, past and present, in any form. I wish they would come out and admit their own previous racism, but they don't. It's no. a good thing that the LDS sect of Mormonism has moved away from their racing teachings. It's a wonderful move for them to take. But the sad thing is how many Mormons lived and died believing it, and how many people with dark skin suffered, and some of them tremendously because of that ungodly evil doctrine. And finally, we have a quote from a former LDS who was raised on the racist teachings of their church. This may trigger many of my LDS friends and family members, but how can Mitt Romney march for Black Lives Matter when he is a member and a leader in a religious organization that has a history of system systemic racism against blacks for over 140 years. So at least there's some people out there that's seeing the truth. Seeing it, yeah. okay. And as we said before, you just cannot trust the LDS church with their own history. They don't own it, but they deny it, and they move forward not being truthful that it even ever happened. Hmm. Scary. It, well, it is. Be, you know, when, when we try to bring biblical truths into, into things, and, and it just gives, it gives us a jungle that we have to crawl through and, 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 and comb through to get to the truth when they come out and deny that they taught things they really did teach. Yeah, and I, I don't know. Again, now I'm 10 years out from having left the church, and I'm just wondering if members sitting there uh, who, who might be aware of some of these comments, but what they're really thinking and, and why we just as as good members of the church just absorb and take in this uh, 
these explanations and they just don't check it out. We don't really think about it. We don't. We just accept it. You we trust figure them. the brethren have spoken. They thought it through. They've prayed about it. So it's my duty so it's okay. to. It's my duty to just accept it and. Mm-hmm. And if I have a question, it'll get worked out in the millennium or yeah, something, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, but God says test everything. I know. It. Test it all. And that's what we want our viewers to do. Thanks, Earl. I yeah, appreciate just, it. Appreciate just study a little and yeah. think about it and, and why there's such a problem. And these are, again, you, as you say, prophets of God. They claim to be, claim prophets, to be of God, prophets of God. Right. You know, the Bible stands alone. It needs no help, no special interpretations by particular church authority. It has everything anyone will ever need to find God, to know His will, and all the information needed to gain eternal life. Whether you believe this or not is not relevant to its truth. God is not changeable in any way whatsoever. He shows no favoritism. He places no higher value on one human being over another. Jesus died on the cross for everyone. He does not make adjustments to His gospel. And God offers eternal life equally to every human being by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. He is the Savior, not Mormonism. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.